Welcome to episode 16 of Queer Alien Blast. In this episode, we'll be covering um, episode 9 of season 2, The Diner. So let's go ahead and get started. We're going to start with one of my favorite parts of the episode uh, with Kyle and Steph and Liz, which I can't believe something revolving Steph is my favorite part of the episode. I'm not going to lie. Um, <laughs> but I mean, the Kyle and Steph stuff is whatever. But the minute that they brought Liz into it... Um, that was beautiful, beautiful chemistry. Um, I loved everything apart, uh, you know, uh, every part of it. Yeah. Um, Liz being, everyone just being so awkward and Liz being, of course, yeah, I'd love to cook for you after hour. Mm-hmm. That's totally fine. And then Steph being like, as much as I know, this is just a girl you made out with in a closet. Yeah. Like, I just love the setup of it. We never get lighthearted scenes. So it was nice to see. I loved the um, the interaction with Kyle and Liz about the DNA. Kyle and I not only used to date, we also share a sister. Yeah, my mom, his dad, a tour affair in the 80s. Oh, so you're not related? Oh. Oh, uh, we figured. Yeah, we're good. I compared our DNA. You did? Hi, I'm Liz. Have we met? Mm. Oh, like, Liz just continues to steal everybody's DNA. Whatever. It's totally fine. Mm-hmm. Um, I loved the hi, I'm Liz. Have we met in the handshake? Like every part of that was just so. And this is why I ship Kyle and Liz so hard. Is it's just so good in every scene they have together. Their chemistry yeah. is so good. Mm-hmm. Um, I did love that line of Liz reassuring Kyle that she would be working just as hard if you know if it had been Kyle who died. I don't know if I agree with that. I don't know if. That's necessarily true, but I'm glad that she said I li- it. I like that she thinks that. Yeah. Um, Steph might actually have a little bit of a personality. What? Yeah. I actually, I didn't like her. Like, I still don't like her personality. No. Um, obviously, I mean, it's because we find, we find out backstory and, you know, actual information about her that we right. never got. Um. But it was fun. I mean, it, it was also the thing that you've been saying for weeks now, Amanda, that a character has to interact with other characters outside of their love interests or whatever, or the main character they interact with. That's why it was so interesting, because we, having Liz there, we actually saw Steph interacting with someone else that wasn't Kyle. Right. Which made it, which made her more interesting in- as a consequence. Mm-hmm. Well, and it, you know, I, I like, because I'm never, I'm never going to care about them. I'm probably never going to care about them no matter what they do. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, it requires putting Steph with other, with other people in Kyle's life. So then that's how mm-hmm. you know that it's long lasting, that this is not, I mean, that's how you know that they're going to have her on for more than a couple of episodes. Um, and so the yeah. more that they do that, the more I'm going to care about. Because right now it's like, okay, is she going to die? And then Kyle's going to be really sad. Not that that won't be sad for him, but we won't have known her. So, you know, we wouldn't yeah. mourn the character that much. And I did like her interactions with Liz. Oh, I yeah. Mean, it, it made her, I, like, I'm like with y'all. I'm still don't like her. 
But having her talk to somebody who wasn't Kyle, where she wasn't such a raging bitch, helped me like her more. Yeah. <laughs> and I love yeah. I love the, the sincerity of Liz. Liz trying to make mm-hmm. Kyle and mm-hmm. Steph happen. You know, that's it's yeah. as much as sometimes I think Liz takes advantage of Kyle. I think that was very sweet because mm-hmm. she does love him, you know, for sure. Yeah. Now, for me, it was just funny to see how 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 giddy Liz was about the whole thing mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. and just so so happy to see Kyle you know have a life really because he's he's been you know under so much pressure oh, they they've all been under so much pressure so to see you know Liz has got some of those moments with Max so for her to see that Kyle actually you know has a moment where he can be you know lighthearted and fun and go on a date um that was that was good to see right well and as much as i ship kyle and liz i really liked liz kind of being the best friend in the background for once with like two thumbs up let's go let's do this you know mm-hmm. it was nice to see her kind of cheerlead kyle for a change instead of the other way around and it'll be interesting if there's ever a point in time where kyle has to sort of choose between the two of them a little bit like you know liz needs him to do something else for her but he chooses, you know, Steph instead. Like I think that that would make their relation their relationship a lot more interesting to me if it goes mm-hmm. if, it, if it actually yeah. um, you see some depth to it. So. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I loved the irony of Kyle. Well, first of all, Kyle finally calling Liz out and saying like, "Oh, now you're respectful yeah. of hospital policy when you choose mm-hmm. to be." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But then he looked at medical records without consent. So, yeah, mm-hmm. there's some some irony in here, Kyle. It doesn't look great on you. Um, mm-hmm. I, do, I don't love this, you know, for a show obsessed with consent. I still don't love that. I don't love when people, you know, that trope of like someone's medical history getting blurted out or, you know, being told to people. I don't love it. But Well, and, you know, I'm indifferent to Steph. I, I don't like her. I loved her in that moment because she was rightfully angry. I mean, that's such a violation. And oh yeah, and it's kind of almost played yeah. off as a joke between Kyle and Liz, like not that they were joking, but that it was meant to be like, oh, mm-hmm. you know, like kind of lighthearted, I guess. Right. And not the big deal that it is. I mean, if I was dating somebody or making out with somebody in a hospital, like, and I found out that they had accessed my medical records, I would have set them on fire. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, um, I do like that it it is. When when Steph says when Steph replies to Kyle, it is pointed out as being a problem, you know. Whereas we've discussed before with Max um, and reviving Max, um, that was never really seriously considered a, as a problem. Um, whereas now with with Steph, she does say, you know, you you had no right to do that. So I I did like that they had that moment of being like bringing Kyle back to Earth a little bit and and say, it's just wrong. You know, you could have maybe ha- asked her. Yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. that could have been part of their relationship, you know, like actually having a conversation. Mm-hmm. You know, no one on the show has a conversation, <laughs> but it, that could have been part of it. Obviously. <laughs> right. Is that you learn these things out organically and naturally as part of a relationship, but not without violating that. Um mm-hmm. Uh, but the thing, you know, it, even when Kyle does something like that, it, I still love him. And he does it for such wonderful reasons. Like, although it's still shitty, 
it's almost you know if if, if Max had done that. It would. I would be even angrier. I know that I'm absolutely a hypocrite, and that's totally fine. Yeah, <laughs> um, I, I, I recognize that. Um, but it was just one of those, like God, Kyle, rather than like me being super angry at him. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're we're fans. We're allowed to be biased towards our favorite characters. I mean, oh, of course, I'm absolutely mm-hmm. gonna always be that yeah. way. <laughs> So next, uh, next up, we're talking about Alex and Jesse, mm. um, which I surprisingly really enjoyed their scenes. Jesse um, is such an intriguing villain, mm-hmm. um, and he's clearly just manipulating Alex again. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and, and I'm glad that we finally know that for sure. Yeah, yeah. from the right. end of the episode. You know, it's you know it's kind of been hinted. You kind of get this feeling, mostly because it's Jesse, and you know you can't trust him. But now that we know, I I'm really liking their scenes, especially because now it makes me feel differently about their interactions because I was worried that Alex was falling for it. Mm-hmm. I'm, I, I hope he's not. Like I, I I hope that he recognizes. I think they're both playing each other. Yeah, because we've you know we've. We've talked about it before, and it makes sense. You know, Alex is going to care a little bit about Jesse, and he even says, you know, worried a little bit about his health. But I think that Alex is realizing that he can only do so much that he can't he can't force Jesse to to love him or care about him. So I think that's what that's why I'm hopeful that he's recognizing the manipulation. Well, and you can have a complicated relationship with your parent and your parent can be an awful, terrible person and you not want them to die. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Yeah. It's always that um, difference between love and attachment that we always go back to. Right. Um, and I think I think Alex knows. Um, I think, you know, when Jesse says that, that line about... Dad, there is more evidence that you have a heart in this old box than I've seen in 28 years. Well, I believe in raising boys to be men. And men don't cry in front of their sons. Which is Ugh. total bullshit. And you see Alex being like, oh, okay, yeah, you're still you. You know? Um, <laughs> but I did like that they... Um, we're going to talk about the flashbacks a little bit later, but um, I did like that they kind of... I don't know if humanize is the right word, but I feel like... With seeing a little bit more of, you know, Jesse's background, how his relationship with his dad was, why he thought that Trip was such, you know, a good person or whatever. Um, I feel like before this, Jesse was always like the monster mm-hmm. of the story. And I feel like a, a, sometimes the issue with that is that you you kind of read the story as, okay, he's the monster um, and he, he does these things because he's, he's such a monster and you always forget that he's just really people at the end of the day just being shitty. Um, so I do like that we saw that. Um, and obviously, I feel like we had this conversation with Flint um, at the beginning of the season of being like, obviously, Flint had some kind of history of abuse with with Jesse with, from how he acted. So he became an asshole. And then we saw that Jesse also was, you know, had a strict parent or, or an abusive parent. And he became an asshole. 
Um, so it's, you know, this conversation of how people react to abuse and how people are shaped by abuse. Well, and people aren't born bad. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's, yeah. it's the environment. And I, I liked that glimpse we got of Jesse where he's he's not he's not the Jesse that we know. And I think and I like I kept thinking about that line from last season yeah. with Mimi and Alex and Mimi talks about how Jesse changed. And, you know, the, I don't know at his core if Jesse is inherently a bad person. Mm-hmm. This is the environment and how he was raised and what he was led to believe, I think, affected a lot of that. And so I, I really loved that we got that little flashback scene. Yeah. And I and I think it makes that Alex line of I don't want to be another mains man standing in your way so perfect mm-hmm. because we're you know, we we've seen this cycle of abuse just continue, um, and you can see Alex doing everything he can to to fight against it. Because yeah. it is a hard thing to break mm-hmm. out of. Um I don't think Alex has it in him ever to be as cruel, um or as terrible as the other men in his family. But you could see that even even that, he's I mean, he's worried at all times about being one of them. Which mm-hmm. I think it shows great courage on Alex's part. Yeah. Uh, raising boys to be men, worst line ever said ever, because I hate it. I hate that idea. <laughs> um, but that's, that's Jesse's mindset. That's so and- Jesse, I know. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh, I know. I mean, yeah. I know why it's there. But I um, I've had conversations. I'm not a mother myself. I, I know Amanda, you're a mother of boys, but I have had young boys in my house over several years that I've helped raise, and it's very much throwing away this idea of what being a man is. And I've told people that I don't. Mm-hmm. We don't in our family. We don't raise these boys to be quote unquote men, and because of things like this, because of the the way that we see what happened with Alex and with Flint, with Jesse, you know, this idea of, mm-hmm. of there's only one way to be a man is ridiculous. Uh, but, but that line fits with Jesse. That's Jesse's mentality. Mm-hmm. Oh, perfect. Oh yeah. Um, that's definitely the Jesse's attitude. And I, you know, it, it so parallels with what um, even Tyler Blackburn talking about his history and like the way people treated him about his sexuality and they told him he wasn't man enough or masculine enough mm-hmm. yeah. um, for roles. Like it's just that, you know, pervasive idea that there is just like one idea of what being a man is. Um, and mm-hmm. I'm, I'm sure, I mean, it changes culturally, but at, le- at least in America, that idea of what being a yeah. man mm-hmm. is. And it's very gross and I'm glad that they brought it up and I'm hoping we, we see more of that. Mm-hmm. All right. Any other Jesse for right now? We'll come back in the flashback. Uh, I fucking yelled. I knew it when he got up and walked out of that bunker with like a hop in his. Oh stuff. yeah. It's like oh yeah. yeah. I knew it. So good. Like oh. grabbed his. Yeah, went back for his cane. I'm like you asshole. I hate you. Um, you know, yeah. again, kudos for Trevor St. John though because played the you know thing with Trip to Alex so well. Like mm-hmm. you. T- it's uh, you could fall for it very easily. Such a good, he's good at it. Yeah, and I did like that. You know, finding out for sure, like we said before, that they're not on a path to redeem Jesse. Um, because I I was worried there for a second. Um, oh, I know. For like a hot minute, I was like, yeah. Oh. <laughs> um, at least from you know a point of view of Jesse as a parent to Alex, um, and what he did to him. Um, right. And, you know, I don't know about 
other aspects of Jesse, but like that part is is very clear that he's not going to be redeemed. I hope they never, ever, ever redeem Jesse. Yeah. I want a villain to stay a villain. Oh yeah. I want him I want him to be bad. You know, I I hope he stays bad. Yeah. I hope he dies bad. <laughs> I hope he Well, because I think we're obsessed with this idea of redeeming a bad mm-hmm. guy. Yeah. And like some people you know, maybe this is a harsh view, but especially when we're talking about fictional characters, some people aren't redeemable. Mm-hmm. And that's okay. Yeah. That's okay. You can have a villain. That's why it works in fiction, right? And not everybody has to, you don't, you know, it doesn't have to all be kumbaya at the end. I mean, they can just be <laughs> bad and that's all right. Yeah. So moving on to actually a little bit of a focus on Max. Wasn't mm. wasn't terrible. Which I'm a I, little disappointed that he didn't no, disappear. No, extraordinarily. <laughs> I know. Extraordinarily interested the scenes with him and Michelle uh, mm-hmm. Valenti. Um, I love that we got a glimpse of that Michelle knew them as kids. Um, yep. Just like one more layer of the history of how it's all interwoven together. Mm-hmm. Um, the, you know, the flashback, um, Michelle's hair, like it was just a good show. It was a good choice, good use of a flashback. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I worry that flashbacks are overused and they can get really wonky and they can mm-hmm. t- take focus away from the present day. But that was definitely a very short but effective use of a flashback. I loved it. No, I love that we're getting these, these glimpses that all of these families, the Valentis and Artecos and Evanses and all of them are all intertwined. Right. Which it's a small town. Right. And I love that this idea of what Max is, is crumbling, right? Mm-hmm. So this idea that Max is the one that has it together. Max is the one that is always saving Michael or saving Isabel and this sort of strong, stoic, straight white male character um, was mm-hmm. actually the one with some issues, you know, is actually mm-hmm. the one that um, Michael had to protect when they were even that young, that he clearly yeah. something was wrong. Um, because it's so sad because Michael, by protecting Max, got stuck with the life that he got stuck with. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. if he hadn't done that, then maybe Michael and Isabel would have been, you know, adopted by the Evans. And but the thing is, it goes back to that line that he told Alex um, when they were having their big talk. And he said something, I can't remember exactly, but he said something along the lines of he was okay with with his lot because Max and Isabel right. were safe. And I think that even yeah. if, even knowing that, you know, that it wasn't him that was the problem child, quote unquote, he would have done the mm-hmm. same thing. Um, yeah, yeah, for on Michael's perspective, I just mean like as a viewer perspective almost. So, like, it's so hard to know that not that I want to doom would wanted to have doomed Max to that life either. I would like for no child to go through what Michael did, but it's just you know, you see how Michael is now, and you just think like what could have what it could have been. Um, mm-hmm. and you get so many glimpses in this episode of what life could have been like for Michael Guerin. Um, and I think mm-hmm. that that's going to be something hopefully. That that thought's got to crush him a little bit. You know, the life that he could have had with Sanders or the Evans or with whoever. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. I am I am excited to see if these roles kind of get reversed when they, you know, when they all know that Max was the one that was disturbed, I guess. I And mm. maybe... The, 
not necessarily that Michael's the savior in the story, because we know that's not really true. But, you know, mm-hmm. just to kind of see it kind of flipped on its head where Max is like, oh, you know. I, you know, honestly, we say that Max is the more we see of Max and the more we see of Max and Liz. I don't know if the savior is meant to be Max. I don't know. Um, especially their relationship um, is not as you know, communicative and open as we, you know, we're supposed to believe it is, you know, I mean, mm-hmm. obviously they're, they're keeping secrets from one another. Um, I don't know how much Max has told Liz about, you know, what some of the things that he's finding out about his own childhood, you know, I don't know. I think all of this is, I think we're, if, if, if the show is gearing up to give us a more, you know, interesting view of Max and I'm all for it. Mm-hmm. Um, because the whole like perfect pining after Liz poetry writing feminism thing yeah. was not great and and was boring. Um, because I never f- felt like it was realistic for yeah. him. But now if they're giving us this view of him, mm-hmm. I'm not saying I'm ever going to be a Max Dan, but it would make him a far more interesting character. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Any more about Max? God help us. Um. I did. Uh, it's not. It's related to Max, but it's actually just me loving Kyle. Um, okay. I I did love their their interaction and Kyle showing up for for Max. You look better. Yeah. Thank you. I'm grateful to you for my sister. That's why I did what I did. And tormenting my mother with unanswered questions isn't right. She deserves some truth. Maybe not all of it, but a truth. How am I supposed to do that? Um, I liked, this is, has, has nothing to do with Max whatsoever, but I liked Kyle protecting his mother, no matter what it took. Um, mm-hmm. He's just such a good son. We can just, you know, he's just so, he's just so good. Mm-hmm. Um. But yes, like he and he and Max, their scene was great. Like everything was, I like this sort of crumbling Max, and I like Max being vulnerable. And it, this is this is good stuff. Mm-hmm. Let's talk a little bit about the flashbacks. I know we talked a little bit about it a second ago with Jesse, but um, I'm going to take back a previous criticism I had of the flashbacks in the beginning of the season because I just I didn't I think they fell flat in the first couple of episodes and now we're getting some meat to it I did not think that it was going to work I do think this worked a lot better Um, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and they made me care about them a lot more in the flashbacks so yeah I'm gonna take back my previous criticism because I really did this is this is this was good stuff this time finally yeah my only I love the flashbacks. My only real criticism is that I still don't buy Trip helping them. But mm-hmm. I'm assuming that we're going to get more flashbacks going forward. Yeah. That's going to kind of explain how that came about. But it's still, I was just kind of, I was a little confused. Mm-hmm. Because she ended up, she's in, she ended up in Caulfield. So like, yeah. yeah. How much did he help? Did they fall in love? What is it? Okay. Like, that she wouldn't have... No, I mean, if that were true, I'll be intrigued to see how she still ended up in Caulfield. Like, you'll have to fill in that very significant yeah. gap right, you know, in there. I'm assuming that that Nora is sacrificing herself so Louise can stay out and protect the child. 
who whoever that is. Yeah. Right. Well, and yeah, I mean, Nora, it's going to be some sort of self-sacrifice on, on Nora's part, I'm sure. And can I just say that the, like, the fanfic writer in me is dying over this idea that Trip and Nora are the precursor oh, to Michael and Alex. Like, I was lit. I would just like to point out that my Romeo and Juliet <laughs> gift set makes a lot more sense now. <laughs> and I picked that scene wisely. Um, because it, uh, you know, I, I love that idea of this sort of parallel, you know, if mm-hmm. we, if we, now I'm getting my hopes up. We got one good episode and I'm like, Ooh, we're going to get all this detail. <laughs> but if we get, you know, the trip and Nora more detail about that, um, I would bet all of my money that it's going to somewhat parallel Michael and Alex, um, and I think that that could be really good. And it makes me feel better that Trip is apparently good because I was really kind of hurt that you brought <laughs> Jason Bear in, like the original Max, and you're going to make yeah. him evil. Like, I was very upset. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> because I feel like if they had, you know, they brought him back to just be the character we saw in the first few episodes, it would have been like, what a waste of, first of all, such a good actor, such an actor connected with Roswell. So I'm glad that he's getting some depth. Um, it, and, and it makes sense. Um, I'm hoping that we get a lot more detail. And because not that I really they couldn't waste a whole episode doing this. But I, I want to see because, you know, the, the, the part of the show that drives us all crazy is the, the telling and not showing. If you're going to tell me that Trip and Nora have some sort of thing going on, I'm going to need to see it. Yeah. I'm going to need some detail. Yeah. Um, so about the flashbacks. I did enjoy, I still wish that we had more, because I'm a greedy, greedy, greedy <laughs> bitch, about the found family with Walt and Roy and Louise and Nora. Um, because my, you know, my main criticism always was found family requires time and effort and detail for it to work. Um, and they at least gave it an attempt this time. So I do mm-hmm. appreciate more time being spent on the four of them. Yeah. Um, because it makes me more emotionally invested. Yeah, and it, I mean, obviously, it's because we got it from the man himself, you know, this time around, right? Um, as Sanders recounting his his memories. Um, but it's also um, I don't think that in the first few episodes, when we got the first flashbacks, we knew that Walt was kind of Bronson, kind of adopted him. Yeah. Um, so that was. That made it even more sense that he would be so attached yeah. to this small family that that he you know he grew to be a part of, um, and and so heartbroken when he lost it. They're still kind of making the history of that part of the country in the '40s a little bit better than it was in reality. Um, I mean, obviously, I know that the that scene of, you know, Roy walking into the front door and then him getting charged for walking in the front door. No, he would have gotten mm-hmm. beaten. He wouldn't, he would not have been allowed to walk through the door. <laughs> um, so, you know, there's a little, but I, it makes sense given that there were so many runaways during that time that would go work on farms. So it makes sense for Walt. Mm-hmm. It's a very good detail. Um, sort of gathering, you know, Roy gathering up all these strays yeah. and like, you know, making a family out of them is, is, was really, really sweet. Um, because, I mean, there's nothing I like better than, like, a really well-done found family. Yeah. Let's see. Oh, so the... I am a little confused on the raid that they did on the farm. 
and sort of how everyone how everyone made it out. So no one actually died except for Roy. Roy died. Um, yeah, Roy died. So we, yeah. we saw Walt escape. Yeah, I'm not quite sure about Louise. Yeah, because we we saw that the picture at the end. I'm assuming that somehow they used alien powers to either, you know, mind warp the soldiers or I don't know, maybe aliens can some aliens can stop time. I don't know. Um but we know that right. that or maybe they're like can heal themselves. Yeah. I mean, we don't know. Um maybe I mean, we know that Nora has, you know, telepathic abilities. So maybe she was, I don't know, blocking the soldiers' view and right. making them believe that Nor- that Louise was shot when she wasn't. Um, or Louise is tougher than she looks and she was shot and she just didn't die. I don't know. Right. I mean, you know, the, the good thing about having a show like this is that the possibilities are kind of endless. I mean, yeah. they can just sort of manifest new alien abilities, really, whenever. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. So... I do want to, I want to talk about the Walt and Michael parallel, but I want to do it after we talk about their conversation. So, um, anything else about the flashbacks other than that? Oh, the one flashback, um, the one with, um, Trip and Jesse. Oh, yeah. Um, I did like the, the detail of having young Arturo there. Um, and Trip, um, uh, giving him a generous tip because he knows he's going to buy the, the diner. So I did like that little, detail of knowing that Arturo was there as well. Right, right, right. All right, so towards the end of the episode, um, Liz, Isabel, and Alex, the tiny crumbs of Alex and Isabel (laughs) that we've been waiting on for a bajillion episodes. We finally got it. Alex even just saying Isabel's name and then Isabel putting her hand on Alex's shoulder. I was like, okay. Uh-huh. Finally, maybe we'll get the friendship that we deserve. I loved it. Yeah. Um, I also I also loved... Um, I always love to see Liz and Alex um, interact because we were told that they were, you know, friends, best friends in high school and we got very little of it. Um uh, we got a little more of Alex and Maria. We got some of, you know, we got obviously Maria and Liz. And this is always like Alex and Liz is always kind of the re- interaction of the group that is missing. So I always love to see, even if it's small scenes, I love to see it. I'm done with that part. Can I marry the ketchups? Sure. Isabel Evans working at the diner. The fryers are off, my friend, and I'm only turning them back on if your day was worse than ours. I'm not here for fries. What this show does well and they don't do enough is letting different people interact in groups. Like, what is the problem with Mm -hmm. that? I don't understand why that's always such a big thing. Like, even just having Alex, Isabel, and Liz in one scene was fantastic. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, the banter, the comfort level with one another. Like, let let there be group scenes. Like, why can't there be one scene with every single person? I don't understand. But, you know, at least let's start here. Which So I was pleasantly surprised Mm -hmm. by that. And Mm -hmm. then... You know, solving the sort of mystery about the brick in the diner, which, okay. <laughs> I, you know, it's a sci-fi show on the CW. That's fine. We can we can imagine that there's like a brick that no one's noticed and all that. That's fine. I'll let okay. it go. Yeah. But it was so nice to see. It was so nice to see Isabel watch, like, you know, uh, find out that her mother survived. Um, 
and her face, you know, we, we saw that face. It's the same face she made when she first saw her oh, mom in the vision I with know. Maria. Um, it's so, like, so heartwarming to finally see, you know, Isabel learn more about her past and kind of find herself. Well, and are we supposed to... My first thought when we saw that picture of Louise is that going back, she's the person that was on the reservation where Arizona lived. Mm-hmm. Yeah. S- that was just kind of my first thought is that we're going to, we're finally going to get back to that, which I'm interested to see. Mm-hmm. And I love the idea that the person on the reservation was Isabella Max's mother. Yeah. Right. Okay. So speaking of crying about Michael, let's talk about Sanders and Michael. That scene was rude and uncalled for. <sighs> All I can think about I've stolen. Is $3,472 worth of copper wire from you over the last 13 years. If I start keeping real hours and you garnish 25% of my weekly paycheck, I'll have you. I am blind, kid. I'm not stupid. I didn't need the damn wire. I came to the group home twice, you know. They weren't too keen on letting a junkyard dog who smelled like bathtub gin adopt a child. I don't blame them. It messed you up even worse. But I tried. I got one year, three months and four days with Miss Louise and Miss Nora. No matter what. I can't pay you back for that. Keep the money. Absolutely one of the best scenes that Roswell has filmed thus far. Um, because I love I loved them being in the wild pony and Sanders giving more information, obviously, about mm-hmm. you know, the aliens and their history together. Um, as hard as it was for Michael to hear, you know, that the scene at the end with Sanders going to Michael. I mean, just not only recognizing like Michael trying to make up that money and like being honest about it and saying, I've stolen like over $3,000 from you. Mm -hmm. And I love Sanders. He's like, I'm, I'm blind. I'm not stupid. Like, obviously I've seen it and just, and, and forgiving my never even being mad enough. He didn't even need to forgive. There was nothing to forgive. It was just something. um, And I think that that's a true Mm -hmm. insight to how much Sanders loved Michael to just be like, I've seen what you've, done over the last 15 years and i don't care mm-hmm. um finally someone isn't holding something against him or mm, forcing him to apologize for it or no sanders understood like yeah. he understands how messed up he is no i love that i loved every moment of it and i had seen some of your sets before i watched the episode so i kind of knew it was coming but I was still just like, oh, no, no. Oh, no. When San- when Sanders said, I went to the group home, they wouldn't let me adopt you. But then he said that, but I tried line Yeah, is the hardest I've ever cried at Roswell. Because it was just that so sad. Like, I tried. I tried to do it. Of course, they weren't going to let Sanders adopt Michael. But that's actually a whole different other thing that's really sad. That this man who had a connection with Michael just because he wasn't the Evans, right? He wasn't allowed to adopt a child. So, of course, the child had to stay in and get abused for most of his life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's just, it's just, it's so bittersweet. Yeah. I I loved um, 
that he, you know, kept an eye on, on, on the pods over the years. Right. And he didn't even care. Like, he wasn't even about the alien part of it. That's what I loved more than anything, is that he didn't care what they were. Mm-hmm. That He just, he loved Michael because he had loved Nora yeah. and because he had loved Louise. And that's all it took. And, like, I'm going to start crying right <laughs> now. How, that's the sweetest fucking thing I've ever heard in my life. Yeah. Like, he just already considered Michael family. Yeah. That's all it took. And he wanted, you know, oh. Yeah, anyway. and also, um, I did like that, um, even if he wasn't able to adopt Michael, that he still tried to give him a father figure over the years. Um, and I did like when he said that he had, you know, he knew the, the, the days he had with Nora and Louise. And, he, and when he said, I, I, I can give be- that oh, back God. to you. Oh, my God. <laughs> I mean, because it's true. I mean, it's... it's yeah. They can't change Michael's history. His, his history of abuse is still there. He wasn't adopted. He had a shit childhood. But I think, I mean, I think, I don't know. I wasn't adopted. I didn't have, you know, I wasn't in foster care or anything. But I do think that for Michael specifically, knowing, just knowing that someone wanted him and care enough to, you know, try and at the end of the day, in some way, he succeeded in taking care of him. Um, because we know that Michael does kind of see Sanders as a father figure, you know, from when he said that Sanders mm-hmm. taught him to cook and he crashed on his couch. Um, so it was so bittersweet, but it was an amazing scene. And also, I know he looks pretty, but can we stop making Vlamis cry? No, I love it. Make him cry all the fucking time. No, he does it so well. Um, <laughs> sorry. Um... <laughs> I was just going to say, not to tie it back to Malik's, but I love that now we've had two instances here where people know what Michael is and they're just like, they don't care. They still, they still love him. They still care about him. I think that kind of unconditional acceptance with Michael is crucial. Right. And I love that we've gotten it now twice with Alex and with Sanders where they're like, I don't know, you're an alien, whatever. You have a freaky, glowy, gooey pod. That's cool. Right. Um, And I think just someone finally like what is that quote about the i'm gonna grab your i want someone to grab my little face and say that on purpose i'm gonna love you oh that's from red white and royal blue no and there's also a tweet from jenny slate it's a yeah it's a jenny slate thing yeah um and so i love that because that's what it felt like is that you know at least two people have 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 said that in so many words to to Michael, mm-hmm. and he needed to hear it. And I'm glad that of all people, it was Sanders. Yeah. I mean, if you had asked me at the beginning of this, mm-hmm. and, you know, season one, if I thought Sanders was going to be this important, I would have been like, okay. But it it it's worked out beautifully. Yeah, yeah, I love it. So we're going to end the episode exactly the way that you would think we would end this episode with talking about Malik's for the two minutes they talked. But it was a good two minutes. It was a beautiful two minutes. It only takes two minutes to rock your world. Yeah. And this is it. Um, so first of all, who does Michael call when he's sad? Mm-hmm. You came. You asked me to. He calls Alex. I just, well, I'm, I'm going to show my Malik's bias and just say that that made me Weirdly very happy. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, it's probably because Alex understands it because of their history. I don't care. I know. I don't care. I don't care. I get the I get the logistics of why he did it, but I don't care. I just know that he did it. 
Yeah, I mean, I also get the logistics of Heather is not in the episode, so we can't have Maria. But right. um, but I did like that. It's not even because um, I did like the detail and the evolution of Michael at the beginning of the season, not wanting to talk to Alex or wanting to talk to Alex just because he has information. And now it's it's not that it's not he doesn't call Alex because he knows that Alex has more information. He ta- calls Alex maybe partially because he doesn't have anyone else to talk to because he doesn't have any fucking friends but also because he just wants a person that he's comfortable with and he's sad and he's upset and he just wants to be comforted well and these are the kind of scenes that i wanted i know we don't like to talk about 206 mm-hmm. but that 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 85th goodbye scene yeah these are the kind of scenes I wanted after that scene that Mm -hmm. these kind of like scenes where they are still there for each other, where they obviously still care, but they're not necessarily romantic. Those are the kind of scenes that I, that make that worth it to me. Yeah. Like I finally feel like we're at this point now they've had this hopefully final closure scene and now we're Mm -hmm. moving on. And these are the kind of scenes that I love. Yeah. I mean, I do have to say a small, very small critique. I am tired of, every conversation they have ending in one of them storming off. But I do also recognize that they did have an evolution, like I just said. Um, So it's small steps. We're going to get there. We're going to get there. And then they're going to fall madly in love again. Of course. Uh, Of course. Um, I would like my only... Okay. (laughs) How many old cowboy westerns have you seen, Karina? Why have Michael leaned against the door like that, like a douchebag? No one does it with the cowboy hat and the one foot up and the okay. But he looks hot. I know, but like one time was good. Oh, God. It dry- When I saw it, I just, I start laughing. I just think, okay, broke back. Like, calm down. <laughs> Look, he's a dramatic bisexual. He can't help it. It's in his DNA. Honestly, yeah. I've had the, you came, you, t- you asked me to exchange on loop in my mind for two days now. Just the look on Michael's face, the yeah. little shrug that Alex does. Oh, I love them. Just it, it's a 10 second mm-hmm. scene. I know. Well, and I think, I think because there's so many, there's so many layers there because yeah. the surprise in Michael's voice when he said you came Mm -hmm. and then of course Alex says you asked me to so not Mm -hmm. only does it implying like of course you came I I, of course I came you asked me I'm gonna always be here for you Mm -hmm. but also the kind of the way that Alex said it was almost a surprise as well like you asked me to like Mm -hmm. like they're both acknowledging that they've made a big step here not only did Alex make a big step by coming but Michael even made a big step by being vulnerable and asking him to Mm -hmm. like for all that short time I think there's so much there and I know we sound like the hilarious people in fandom that like dissect everything but I think it's very very true Mm -hmm. that's such a small thing but it it's it's amazing. That was a yeah. good. That was a good choice of lines. Um, yeah. Well, and it just goes to show how much that they still care about each other, and I think that's of course. That I think that's great to show. But I mean, there's so much love there between the two of them, even if it's not romantic in this moment. They're still they're still some of the most important people in each other's lives. Mm-hmm. You know, they're still going. I, I, Alex is still going to drop everything to to go help Michael. Which I will say, as a shipper, I love. 
Um, I don't want that to become Alex's like defining feature like it has been. Like mm-hmm. that is very romantic, but also I don't want Michael mm-hmm. to keep asking Alex to drop everything and come to him if mm-hmm. they're not going to be together. Yeah. Like you can't have it both ways, Michael. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. I did love the I know you loved me line. Um, it is painful that it's about, you know, past tense. Um, this weird, like, I know now that you loved me then is very sad, but also, it also speaks to how much Alex has grown as a character that he's now saying, I know that you did. I have no question about it. Like there, that's like an unshakable faith. Yeah. Um, I, I, I'm so ready for their confessions to be in present tense. Like, can we move forward from the past tense please you obviously still love each other even if maybe you're not in love with each other you are you're both dumb but you are in love with each other but no i i I agree it's 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 time we recognize that it's still going on it's not all in you know in the past yeah yeah but neither one of them are in a place to admit that yeah of course i mean of course and and probably i mean it's alex also protecting himself in a way because Michael has obviously you know from practical standpoint is with is with Maria so of course Alex is going to be like kind of distancing himself from that because he wants to protect himself it makes sense I'm just I'm just saying I'm ready for them to have this evolution because it's been you know it's been two seasons now I'm 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 I'm, I'm done with trauma you know like right. mm-hmm. can we wrap this up and, and move on that's my only critique right we need we need to the trauma needs needs to be for a, a reason like yeah. it needs to be you know for a purpose mm-hmm. um and if there is and that's fine we can deal with it but yeah the, the the constantly the cycle that they've been in since the very beginning it's starting yeah. to wear on even you know even the most dedicated of shippers are tired yeah. of seeing the same thing over and over again and i do want to say i saw someone say this on tumblr i do think that michael not pretending to be happy but very much throwing himself into his into his relationship with maria and helping maria wanting to you know heal or fix maria maria's illness and we saw in this episode that actually is not that good i mean he still is still traumatized he still has problems and he's still you know, it still has still hasn't dealt with it, and there's also the heartbreaking fact that whatever version of the story about Nora is real, um, whether it was that she and Trip had, had a connection, whether it was that Trip was a, a an evil person. At the end of the day, what Michael says about you know they're all dead anyway. Um, it's true. I mean, he's now lost his mom countless times, basically, from seeing her die and then having multiple people recount it, recount her story in different ways. She's still dead. Like it doesn't. It doesn't really matter. Um, but I do think that that if the version of the story in which Trip and Nora had a connection is the true, true version of the story, right. So for him to see a different version of the story and some, you know, a version of the story in which a member of his family and an alien possibly had a connection that was genuine and, you know, positive, um, I think that's going to be to be 
positive for Alex, mostly because Michael doesn't really need it or doesn't want it. Um, Whereas Alex needs that to kind of shelf his guilt about the whole thing. Yep. Yeah, I agree. All right, guys. Uh, Thank you for tuning in and listening to episode 16. We'll be back next week um, to do a recap of episode 10 and we'll see you then. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Thank you.